Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I can handle it. I can handle it. Man, I tell you what, we should never lose sight of who we are, whose we are, and what we're supposed to be doing. That's, that's, that's good news, and that's what we need to hear. We should never, ever lose sight of who we are, whose we are, and what we're supposed to be doing. Somebody say, we are the church. So I told you last week, I told you last week that, you know, every year when you come into a new year, people have New Year's resolutions and, and their focus is mainly on becoming a better, a better me. You've got the books, Three Steps to Becoming a Better You. How many have ever seen those books? I think Joel Osteen probably even, even has one. And that's cool. You, it's cool to, to make ourselves better, to get in the gym and, 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 and make ourselves look better, go to the mall, buy a new outfit. Amy Weber's like, amen, preach it, prophesy it, let me have some money, baby. Let me go to the mall and spend some money to make myself look better than I did last year. And, uh, but, but how many of us ever approach the new year and go, how can I be a better church? We all want to be a better spouse, a better Christian, a better employee, but how many of us ever have said the words, how can I be or make me, God, a better, a better church? And so I've really been challenged, uh, and I want to challenge you guys tonight. In this series, where we are entitled A Better Church, I want to challenge you as I'm being challenged, what can we do to be a better church? In order to become better at something, we must first know what it is that we are. Somebody say, what it is. But as we're in the, in the, in the middle of this collection of talks on becoming a better church last week, we kind of set the tone and, and set up the foundation of where we're going to be, and we looked at and asked the question, <clears throat> what is what is the church? And we said that church is much deeper than a building. How many know that's true? We said that if you have to have a church, I mean, excuse me, if you have to have a building to be a church, how many knows forward church wouldn't be a church? Because we're in an old abandoned shopping center, okay? So the building is, is irrelevant. It has nothing to do with a building. It's much deeper than a building. Yes, this is a church when we can't come in here to collect together. But church is not a place. It's not about a place. It's about a people. Church is about you and I. We make up the church. And it's not where you go that matters. It's who you, it's who you are becoming. And I like to say this. I guess, in a way, I was wrong by saying it doesn't matter where you go. It really does matter where you go. Because where you go says a lot about who you're becoming. Who you're hanging out with would tell me a lot about who you're becoming. Okay? So if we're going to become a better church, how many knows we need to get in his word and figure out what it is? Say what it is. What it is we're supposed to be doing, and I'm so glad you're here tonight. That's where we are headed. We also looked at the three main functions of the church, okay? Uh, and excuse me. Those were, number one was, anybody remember? Anybody got your notes from last week? What was the first one? Ministry to God. Minister to God. Ministry to God. It's why we start our services with praise and worship. And I said this last week, if many of us would capture exactly what praise and worship, why we're doing it. The first part of service isn't a concert. It's not about let's show off talent, who's in the church that can sing. That, that portion of praise and worship, that 20 to 25 minutes, is all about ministry to God. 
It's, it's for him. And, and I really believe that if we really knew exactly what it is we were doing, we would never be late for church ever again. Like it would be a priority to get here because that's our opportunity to, to bless God, to, to worship God. The second one was what? Ministry to the? Ministry to the believers. I feel like dad up here. I'm, I'm, I'm getting y'all in class and y'all are taking notes. Y'all know how we do. Um, but ministry to the believers, that's where we preach the word. Preaching is not the only thing we do, but it is the primary thing that we do. Then we said, thirdly, ministry to the world. Ministry to the world, we are to proclaim the good news. Our mission and your mission should be to be the church. Excuse me. So for the next few weeks... I want us to, uh, we're going to be looking at three metaphors um, that, is, that is painted throughout scriptures, the scripture, um, that, that really describe the church. The first one is the body. We're going to look at this uh, maybe next week, the body. The church is called the body of Jesus. I mean, it, it basically what it's saying is, it means every one of us has a function. How many of you are a body? You, you're a living, breathing organism or you have you have a heart how many you got a heart in here anybody not got a heart in here but every part of our body has a function and just like our bodies has a function the body of christ everybody in the body has a function and i believe that the reason a lot of churches listen the reason that a lot of churches are limping and never running and are, are not getting enough momentum is because too many people in the house are not functioning in the space or in their space of the body a church that's not doing anything. If all we do is come in here, we sing, we, we, we give our offerings, and, and we get a word, and we may write a note down, and we may not. It just depends on how we feel that day, or if we really like the preacher, or if we really like the message. If that's all we're doing, and we're not actually being the church, if we're not really tapping into what God's called us to do, we've lost sight of the mission. Oh, no, it's the church's responsibility. It's, it's, it's y'all, Pastor Brad. It's you and your dad and the team and the leadership team. Y'all are supposed to, y'all are supposed to lead us and direct us. No, 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 no. We're not supposed to do everything, but the Bible says we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. I don't want to be a dysfunction, dysfunctional church. I want a church that's lining up and everybody's queuing in to what their function is to make up the body. Are you tracking me tonight? It's our job to equip people and to help them realize that we are the body of Christ. And that's why I wanted to select just the first few Wednesdays in January to see what is it what is the church? What are we supposed to be doing? We are God's plan. The second metaphor, uh, first one is the body. The second one is the building. I'm really going to enjoy this one. This one's going to be really good when we get to this one two weeks from now. Uh, the building, we are a building, and we're not talking about bricks or mortars. P- Peter is telling us that we are living stones, that we're being laid on top of each other, on one another. And as we lay down, God is building the house. As we lay down our, our, our flesh... As we're laying down the way we want church to be, as we're laying those down, God is building his church. He can't build on something that looks more like us and nothing like him. So it's a building. And the third one is where we're going to land tonight for just a few moments. Say the bride. The bride. That's where we're going to land tonight. So if you brought your Bibles, let's go to uh, the book of John, chapter 3, verse 27 tonight. Can we go there together? John chapter 3, verse 27 says this. To this, John replied, a man can receive only what is given him from heaven. 
So if you just do inventory of your life right there and go, everything that I have was given to me by heaven. No, it wasn't, man. I've been working. I, I, I punched my time. I got my check, and, 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 and I did it. No, no, no. God gave you the breath in your lungs. He put a heart in you that's still, that's still beating. Everything that you have is because God provided it and allowed you to obtain it. Okay? So verse 28 says, so we, we know that everything that we have is given to us from heaven. Verse 28, you yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Christ, this is John, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. The context of this verse that we just read, we need to understand, is John the Baptist speaking. And basically, we know John the Baptist to be the radical. He was leading, you know, camel hair. How many knows when when dog hair, camel hair, any kind of hair of an animal, when it gets wet, it stinks? How many would like to really hang out with with, uh, John the Baptist? Like, he wouldn't, especially on a rainy day, he'd be like, check you back later in a couple days when the sunshine comes and you get time to dry all that up. You know what I'm saying? So, so John the Baptist is leading a radical revival, and then Jesus shows up on the scene. And, and what, what's crazy is the people that were part of the John the Baptist movement or the forward church movement or the whatever church movement, they start leaving John the Baptist movement, and they start going to Jesus' movement. Okay? And this is, what, this, is why, this is why John wrote this, because he was trying to set them straight by saying, because John's following his crowd, they were getting annoyed and frustrated because the people were leaving their club and going to Jesus' club. How many know that'd be okay, right? It's all about him. And so John sets the record straight. He says, no, 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 no. We got to be happy. The bridegroom has come for his bride, the church. So all this, I, I never have understood other churches getting mad when, 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 when people church hoppers or go to a different church and now they don't want to talk to you no more and all this other stuff. Somebody came to my house the other day and said, this is just the way I look at it. They actually go to this church. And they said, this is the way I look at it. If somebody just stops coming, they just say, hey, I'm glad you got to visit with us. And I was like, no, that's a cool way of looking at it because we're all one body. I'm not going to get offended. I mean, I've watched people leave churches because, because we didn't use their idea or because they, they, they weren't allowed to, to be on the platform. They couldn't lead a Bible study. I mean, I, I've watched them, and I've watched them leave because of opportunity versus staying where God had called you to be. How many knows that the enemy will open up all kinds of doors of opportunities and make it look really, really good? He don't even matter if you pick up a microphone and get up on the platform. <laughs> Because he knows it's not about what you're saying anyway. It's the anointing, and it's God is the one that's going to do it. I'll leave that right there. So, so I, I, I've never understood. So what John was saying was, hey, it's cool. All that's happening is, is Jesus or the bridegroom has come for his bride, the church. So what I want us to look at tonight is, why are we called the bride? I'm sorry, I'm having, there we have to feel better. Why are we called the bride? Amy and I, this year, will celebrate 15 years of marriage uh, in April. I think it's like 14th, 15th, 16th, one of them days. We celebrate it all. We celebrate all three days, I'm just telling you. Um, But it's one of those days. But it'll be 15 years uh, this year. 
And imagine, imagine this with me. If, if one of you guys came up and said, hey, man, dog, brother, you know, you cool, man. You're awesome, man. I love you, bro. Whatever, whatever you need, I'm there for you. You know how we do, Kelly. I, I'm there for you. And whatever you need, I'm your man. You, you mean you're awesome, man. You're a man of God. But, but, but can, we, can I just be honest with you? This would be like me and Kelly talking. But can I be honest with you? Like, you're cool and all, but Amy, I just, I just don't really like Amy. How many knows we're going to have a problem right there? You know what I'm saying? I'm, you like me, but you don't like my bride. That's a jacked up situation. <laughs> yeah, that's that nervous laugh. I know. I know. But we know the truth. Everybody loves Amy Weber. Amen? We all love Amy Weber. But, 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 but it's, crazy to th- it's crazy to think about that, that you can love me, but you can't love or you don't like Mrs. Weber, yet I hear so many Christians, and I've heard it for a long, long time at different areas of our journey in ministry. They say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Y'all ever heard anybody say that? Oh, I, 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 I love Jesus. I just don't like the church. Well, what's some of the excuses you've heard? This is some of the ones I've heard. You hear people say stupid, asinine things like, I can be a Christian and not go to church. That's true, though. It's true. That's, that is a true statement, Okay. They say stuff like, church is full of hypocrites. Y'all heard that one? I've heard that. I've heard people talk about our church. I won't go there because of so-and-so and so-and-so. And, and every, I, I, just, I just can't go there. They're just, hypo, they just hypocrites. And, of course, you, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But my question is, if you're a Christian, why would you not want to? <laughs> why, why would you not want to go to church? Oh, and, and this one. Church is full of hypocrites. Great! You just realized that? <laughs> I mean, it's taken you 35 years to figure out that the church is full of hypocrites? Yes, the church is full of hypocrites. That's why we need a Savior. Yes, the church is full of hypocrites. That's why we need grace. <laughs> I need a Savior. Why? Because I'm a hypocrite. What are we talking about? A hypocrite is someone who says one thing but does another. Not even spiritual stuff. They, they say one thing but they do another. How many know somebody like that? I'm, I'm talking about just lost people. Even people in the world are hypocrites. And we associate the word hypocrite with people who are supposed to be the perfect Christian, like whatever that means. But how many people in the world say, oh, I would never, but yet they are out doing whatever? Like, that's hypocritical. Doing one thing and, and, and saying I'm going to do one thing and yet do another. We all do that. I mean, the Apostle Paul in Romans 7.15 said, Why is it that I do the things I don't want to do and I can't do the things that I should be doing? You ever find yourself that place in life? I do the things that I... Uh, 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 shouldn't be doing but yet I can't even I, I, I leave church I, I, I got all the worship set it was exactly what I needed thank you Pastor Bradley I loved all those songs I got my Jesus on I got my Holy Ghost jig on I came to the altar I cried I wailed you, you prayed for me and, and, I, and, then, and, then, and I'm so full of Jesus but I go out there and I cannot do what I'm supposed to do that's called a hypocrite and the church is full of hypocrites But why do we come to church? I come to church to be reminded that my God is not a hypocrite. My God has never failed me. My God has never left me nor forsaken me. 
I'm encouraged, not in myself, but I'm encouraged because I serve a God who is not a hypocrite. He's perfect. I, I get encouraged, not in myself, but in him. Listen, you want to go to a church that don't have hypocrites? You need to find a church that ain't got no people. Oh, but I, li- I like the podcast, Pastor. I don't have to go to church. This is what other people say. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't. And they're the same ones that go, well, I just like listening to the podcast while I'm walking the dog. That's cool. I love the podcast. I listen to podcasts while I'm washing cars, waxing on, waxing off. I listen to podcasts. But how many knows that's just a supplement? That's not the source. Okay? That's just a supplement. I take vitamins, but at the end of the day, I'm going to sit down before a table after the fast and have a steak. can't just live on supplements man shall not live on supplements alone but a reservation at ember steakhouse yes and amen after the fast (laughs) yeah let's go to ephesians chapter five real quick how many y'all love pastor bradley even in his craziness (laughs) that's okay All right, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. This is why he calls us, the church, his bride. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves Himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So I want to give you two things tonight, real quick. I want to give you two things that really ultimately describe why he uses the metaphor, the church being the bride. Okay, The first word is this. Everybody say intimacy. Intimacy. What he's saying is my church is my bride and I desire to be intimate. Now, when we hear the word intimate, we automatically think, we automatically think, I know that probably just threw some of y'all like, oh my God, we need to pray for him. (laughs) Intimacy is not about the bedroom, okay? Intimacy... We, we say, when we hear the word intimacy, that's what we automatically gravitate to. Why? Because intimacy is, it, it's, it's the most vulnerable spot or place that you can be at with someone. Thus, that is why he calls us his bride because he wants to be intimate with us. He wants us to know him in a way that no one else is there. Amy knows me in a way that you will never know me. And that's a good thing. Because it ain't always awesome. <laughs> it's not all, I'm not always awesome. There are times that I, I lose it. I mean, I know y'all like, no, not you. Oh, oh, really? Like for real? Everybody say intimacy. Could it be that God wants to know, wants you to know him in a way that nobody else knows him? But the reason that we can't let that happen, okay, give me just a second. The reason we can't allow God to know us, the reason we can't, God, we can't know God is because we come into church every Sunday with these on. 
I know y'all laughing. I think, oh, that's crazy. Matter of fact, I actually tested this out on Dexter today. That dog peed all over the house. I just wanted to see what the response would be like. And he was growling. He forgot it was me. And, I, and it was just everywhere. So, And you're laughing, but every Sunday and every Wednesday, we come into church, and this is the look that we give God. Oh, oh, we're trying to work it and, and smiling real big. Everything's cool. I'm blessed and highly favored. I say that all the time. But what in the world does that mean when you're going through hell and you're trying to tell somebody, I'm blessed and highly favored? I, there's, nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with speaking those positive things over your life. But it's important <laughs> that we take the mask off and be real. What is the word intimacy if you break that down? What does it mean? Into me, see? Into me, see? God can never see into me when all I give him is mask. Okay? We can never be the, we can never be the bride. I'm telling you what, if Amy Weber would have came in that night, took that dress off, and put this on, I'd have been like, check you later, gator. I'm out of here. Somebody say, Never mind, I almost, never mind. No, no, I'm just, I'm just, y'all almost got me in trouble. What's going to happen? But yet we come in here, and, and, and what God is trying to say is, I want to be intimate with you. But we've got this mask on. We can never be the church and be what he's called us to be. If we haven't, I mean, when, if, if Amy and I haven't been intimate, okay, or, or just spent time together, when we come out in public, Things may look a little dysfunctional, but the reason that the reason we have that Facebook persona is because there's intimacy in our house. And I'm not talking about just the bedroom. I'm talking about there. We get up in the morning, we'll have coffee together, we may have devotions together, depending on where we are in our schedules. There is there is a closeness, and that is what God desires from each one of us is to have a closeness that we take off the mask. He wants to He wants you to know Him in ways that nobody else has ever known. Do you believe that tonight? Intimacy is when God sees into me. Intimacy only comes from a place of trust. You may want to write that down. Where does intimacy come from? A place of trust. In closing. Last night we were, we did the first of the Bible studies on Revelation. And I encourage you, uh, it's the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. But after this Tuesday, Dad's going to close the class so after this next one, the fourth Tuesday, because we're going to already be way into Revelation, it's going to be hard for you to come in and understand. So if you would like to be a part of this, we had 12 people last night. It was awesome. And we just laid the groundwork for who John was. And at the end of the night, Dad said, what was your takeaway? This was going to be our exit ticket. What was your takeaway? What is your prayer? And this was my prayer. Off of the life of John, I wanted to have the same intimate, and, and, and I hadn't even really went into my message. It just, it just hit me. And then today as I was putting all this together, I was like, I just asked for that prayer last night. Because in order for me to be his bride, and in order for me to be a better church, I've got I've to have moments of intimacy with my Heavenly Father. My first, one, my first prayer from last night was, I want an intimate relationship with God. Not just he's my Lord, he's my Savior. He's, we're intimate. 
Not just, I knew Amy, I saw Amy, I liked Amy, I liked what she had to offer. No, 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 I wanted to be intimate with Amy, okay? God wants the same thing for us. And number two, I said, I want to be found trustworthy. Because God allowed John to see, the whole book of Revelation was what God allowed John to see. Because he trusted him. I want to be found trustworthy. In order for me to be who God's called me to be, in order for him to give me the things that he wants to get, i got to be found trustworthy. That's what intimacy is about. There's a trust between Amy and I. I don't always get it right, but there's, she trusts that even when I get it wrong, I'm going to come back and make it right. Do I not? I try. Might not always be on your, her time frame. But she trusts. She trusts me. And I've learned that intimacy goes both ways. Think about this. We come in here and we want to trust God more, but the real question is, can God trust us more? We want to trust, we want to trust God more. God, I want to trust you with my finances. God, I want to trust you with my education. I want to trust you that I'm single and, and, and I'm believing for, uh, for a spouse. I want to trust you. No, no, no. Can he trust you? That's the question. For intimacy, it goes both ways. We're always concerned about us. He wants to know, can I trust you? Because he wants to give you more. He wants to give you more. Are you living a life that is trustworthy? Just do a self-evaluation. It's hard for us sometimes. Am I trustworthy? Am I living a lifestyle that is trustworthy? Can God really trust me to be his bride? Or am I going to take my, my brideship, if that's a word, if I could take my, and pollute it and, and, and I don't want to use that word. get around how's that am I going to take my his bride and am I going to allow other things and other people to take hold of my life that's he can't trust me because I find myself in environments and around relationships that I have no business being in are you trustworthy are you living a responsible life why is it important because God wants to know you in a way that nobody else knows you. And he wants you to know him in a way that nobody else knows him. And number two, intimacy. Why does he call us the bride? Because intimacy is found in the bride. And then also protection. Protection. Everybody say protection. I'm winding down. Protection. Listen, I'm not a fighter. Okay, I'm not, I'm not a fighter. I know that's like, really? Like you look like you'd be a fighter. <laughs> not a fighter but if you come at my wife I will come unglued some dude try to make make a pass at my wife Amy will tell you I will lose my mind and repent later protection I'll protect my bride if you roll up on us when I'm in, the, in my car oh I'm packing not a smart move. I'm going to protect my bride. Somebody say, what are you talking about? God will protect you. What? How do you know that? Because he already did. The cross. He already protected us. The wages of sin is death. 
He already paid the price so we didn't have to. Protection. We've got to understand that God, I'm saying all this to say this, God is wanting us to be intimate with Him and to understand that He will protect you. I told Amy today, over that little text message, she was very fearful because she was having issues seeing. And she went to doctor after doctor after doctor and had all kinds of cat scans, dog scans, every kind of scan that can happen. And I just said, simply, she told you, fear will always cause the devil to come on the scene and cancel out your faith. But when you have an intimate relationship, you'll understand that he will protect you. How do we become a better church? Understanding that we're his bride. Becoming intimate with him. And trust him with everything. I got to trust him with everything. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.